Welcome to N20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. From 2040 to 2195. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, permaculture, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. Good evening, I'm Morgan Colt, and this is, In the News, for January 6th. Our top stories tonight, unemployment rates have dropped to pre-media attack levels for the first time in six years. Remote data farming jobs have provided employment opportunities to 39% of individuals who are able and willing to work. Though their earnings are meager, averaging just $4 an hour, many claim that the reduced cost of everyday goods due to automation allows them to make ends meet. Tragic incidents caused by Pexin Drift rattle the nation. During a funeral service, a man that displayed no previous signs of agitation became enraged and shot seven people before taking his own life. A passenger on an airplane with no history of mental illness fired a pistol. One of the bullets hit the flight computer causing the plane to crash, killing 11 others. The new ConnectLink's ear piercings and ear canal implants are gaining popularity. If you've never been a fan of anklets or chokers, now you can wear a ConnectLink as a durable earring or opt for an ear canal implant that offers optimal soundscapes. Augmented reality glasses have always struggled to provide superior sound quality, but these new ConnectLinks fit snugly into your ear canals, providing not only impeccable sound but also giving you complete control over what you will and won't hear in your physical environment. Does the neighbor's dog wake you up at night? Not anymore. These cutting-edge devices are powered by the new protein chip computers. Could encrypted life-logging jewelry become the new symbol of trustworthiness? A recent study from Duke University suggests that individuals wearing life-logging jewelry experience less social friction and are perceived as more trustworthy by strangers. Because the streams can only be viewed in a court setting, people don't have privacy concerns. We've certainly come a long way from the days when a salesperson wore a cross to gain trust. Finally, some uplifting news from the moon. Earthers and spacers alike are celebrating the first birth in space. Janessa and George Clemens are the proud parents of Tyrone Clemens, who was born at 4.31 a.m. Eastern on Luna Station 2 as it orbited our moon. At Nestcat in Milwaukee, Kolo, a femme with a slim oval face, flashes her eyes and works her lips, as she uses a scope to look over the piece of real meat that rests on a plate in her lab. Red liquid pools around the sample. Using micromanipulators, she's teased out a texture pattern that fungi meat doesn't have yet. Fat cells cluster, forming pockets of less or more chewiness. She looks up and back down when the lights come on at the other tables. It must be morning. She worked an all-nighter again. That's fine. It's easier not to worry about getting enough rest than to slave herself to a schedule. Troy walks in, freezes for a moment staring at her, 
and backs out of the room, voices in the hall get louder, she wishes they wouldn't squabble, one would think people in her field were above squabbling, three of her co-workers take turns looking in at her and backing away down the hall, are they trying to throw her off her game, she sketches a pattern on her tablet of how the fat cells pocket, the simulation engineers appreciate drawings, especially hers, Loni from HR walks in, Kahlo met her last summer when Kahlo wanted to make a new policy not allowing children in the labs. Loni walks slowly up to Kahlo and says, Are you feeling okay? Kahlo laughs, she couldn't be better, she's made so much progress everyone should admire her, she says, I'm on top of the world looking down on creation. Loni edges sideways with a frown and says, Why aren't you wearing any clothes? Kahlo lives in Expanse NC. NC stands for neighborhood complex, new development where only the top middle class can afford to live, NCS take care of their water, sewer, power, and structures normally maintained by the local government, with climate change stressing services, those with enough money want to pay for reliable services others cannot afford, Expanse NC is a square mile, the barrier around it isn't a wall technically, but buildings all touching with no roads going through. She leaves her villa condo in the morning and gets a good workout at the nearest gym, plays some racquetball, and runs the three-mile greenhouse path. The problem with this health rest they made her take is she's running out of things to do. She's already read the Origins Dictionary and finished Italian 3. Most of the group activities make her want to holler. Book clubs, tango night, trivia drinking, it all feels like treading water in the kiddie pool. Don't even mention gardening, cooking class, or arts and crafts, she'd rather dig her own grave. She'll say, are you trying to suffocate me? The NC has a rooftop 18-hole golf course which everyone should try once. But she needs activity. Relaxation is like throwing on the brakes. It bunches up her panties. It makes her itchy from her scalp to the soles of her feet. Most of what the NC offers is boring. VR in the rig rooms is fun for distraction. Once strapped in, the immersion is the best she's ever experienced. Mermaid Logic. A game where you swim around in the deep sea finding lost treasure and battling aquatic droids that collect living specimens for an off-world zoo captivates her. Using the rig to swim feels great. Its robotic arms that hold her arms, legs, and middle seem to disappear when the game starts and she feels completely like she's swimming. And what a workout. Her stomach hurt for a week after the first time she tried it. But as a distraction, the VR makes her feel like she's putting off what she most wants to do. She needs to dig deep and take a big bite out of the heart of a matter. The NC Community Labs, Fab Clubs, and Citizen Scientist Clubs are fun, but agents from her work always shadow her there. She's a walking cabinet of top secrets as far as they're concerned. How many times has she sworn on a book of love promises no deity? that she'd never give away trade secrets. Before they put her on health leave, they told her to forget about work, forget about fungi made meats. And she assumed they meant, you know, to help her calm down. But when she tries to visit fungi and genetics sites online, she finds she's blocked. Her skin chips won't let her into the genetic engineering community lab, and she can't even log into Machine Evolver. She hates running into dead ends. Her nurse has been lowering her dosage of Nuplus, even though she gets the same pills, by the looks of them. The percentage of cognitive-enhancing drug in each pill is reduced. She can tell. It's so she'll be easier to work with, but a lesser dosage pulls her back from the flow states she loves so dearly. What happens when you fall out of a flow state? 
It feels like you're sinking into a crunchy state. No matter how many problems you can solve, to say her health break has made her irritable is a gross oversimplification, she could just strangle Glenn, her nurse, before Nuplis and the new job. She had a boyfriend and installed Medusa to shop for abortion pills. The third time she bought abortion pills, she and her boyfriend browsed what else could be bought on the shadow web, out of curiosity. Besides the suicide kits and severed heads, Nuplis and other perfectly legal drugs could be ordered. At the time she wondered aloud why legal and over-the-counter items would sell on the dark web. Remembering her pre-Nuplis days is like remembering a very dumb femme you used to be besties with. What a brain fog she lived in. Now she installs Medusa on her brand new Your Canal Connect link and orders Nuplus outside of her guided health services. They come in a regular box. When she shakes the box the pills rattle. The last time she ordered an abortion pill. It came in a little pink Bible. She had to tear the back cover to dig the pill out. By adding a quarter pill to the daily pill her nurse gives her, she can maintain the flow state. Smooth sailing. But random mental calisthenics like crash coursing history are feeling crunchy. She could relax if they'd let her engineer fungi. Her brain is rewired to engineer genes and wants to continue. Is it even legal for them to restrict what she can search for online? A few years ago, you never heard of companies firewalling employees. But it's a thing now. She opens her Medusa browser and says, Machine Evolver. Her mouth drops open when she can access Machine Evolver. She can search for all things fungi. She jumps, lands on the carpet on all fours, and rolls around giggling. But searching is like smelling food but not being able to eat. She wants, needs, lab equipment. She can't wait, and ordering equipment for her personal use just won't fly here. Can she quit? She remembers her contract which she read even when most peeps never read a contract, set out that she'd owe the company if she quit. This is a problem. She can't just walk out and live off savings and do her own lab work which she must do if she's going to relax. She snaps her fingers, points up, and says. Aha. I have it. Goggle, call Glenn? Goggle says, certainly. Glenn answers. How are you? She says, I'm fine. Listen, Glenn. There's no air in my body. I think I died this morning. Glenn says, that can't be. She says, I have an idea, though, if I make holes in my skin with a pair of scissors, I'll be able to let air in. Isn't that a great idea? Lynn, 45, walks off the plane and into the airport. Light-skinned, she wears a jacket by Dior and sets her sun hat on her blonde head. Over her ear canal smart link, her AI assistant says, your luggage is in baggage claim. She says, Darcy, have my luggage find me. He says, your travel chest is on its way. She says, and call me a cab. He says, I've arranged for a cab. It's ready for you. She says, call mom. He says, calling your mother. Making her way through the crowd following the blue AR arrows on the bad carpet. She says, hi mom. Tanner on the other end says, sweetie, how are you? Lynn sighs and says, better. I just had my teeth rebuilt by engineered microbes. Tanner says, wonderful. But how long did it take? Lynn glances back at her travel chest that rolls on wheels behind her. She says, they put me asleep for two days. It's okay. I made the time for it. It's because I had so many holes where they removed all my fillings. She licks her teeth. Tanner says, well good, I'm glad. Lynn says, I spoke with George. Tanner says George. Lynn says, don't pretend you don't know who I'm talking about. Dad's old associate. He says you won't let anyone see you. Tanner says, 
would you talk to him about that? Lin says, because I haven't seen you for three years. Mom, it's not right? I don't care what the cancer has done. I need to see you. He told me you won't let anyone, not even a nurse, visit you. In the media, they talk about you as if you've died. Don't you want to clear that up? Tanner says, we can still talk. Lin says, I'm in San Francisco now. I'm at the airport? Tanner says, oh sweetie, you're making a mistake. A door to a cab opens. Lynn climbs in as her travel chest raises on thin legs and places itself in the trunk. She says, I'm on my way there now. After touching the car seat, she rubs phage powder on her hands, excellent for killing the latest known superbugs. On the drive, she watches a video about health rejuvenation. Her body can be injected with engineered single cells that'll clean up toxins and microplastics, break down fatty buildup, dissolve kidney stones, kill cancers, and so much more. It takes 20 minutes for the video to list it all. She sits forward pursing her lips and clapping, imagining billions of little workers hunting down free radicals, rebuilding cartilage, and treating inflammation. Lots of progress has been made in reducing allergies. A second video documents residents of a co-op in Vermont, who keep strict diets to facilitate healthy microbiomes, then they sell their fecal matter for transplants. They import solids from some of the longest living people on the planet and add them to their own. Celebrities, pro athletes, and influencers buzz about it. The treatment boosts energy, balances emotions, contributes to muscle growth and weight loss, and clears up skin. It's too bad she could never talk to her mother about these new treatments. If her mom's cancer had only come 10 years later than it did, it could have been taken out with a few shots. The news continually brings up a 100% effective weight loss treatment that's due out in the fourth quarter. How wonderful to be thin like she was when confused young men got crushes on her. She's already browsed small-size outfits. When the cab parks in front of her mom's house, she considers finishing the video before going in but flicks her finger to swipe the video away and steps out. Darcy says, should your luggage follow? She says, no, and have the car wait. Darcy says, good luck, Lynn. Her mom gave her and her brother Josh all the larger houses and kept the hobby house for herself. Josh never did recover from the media attack, and he threw himself off a cruise ship, probably to spite his ex who never gave him children. He willed everything he owned to Lynn. She walks up the drive. San Francisco in winter is depressing. Though some people who live here say it's their favorite time of year. A standalone walks around the house and faces her. With her mom's voice, it says, Hi honey, we can talk out here. The voice strains. Lynn picks up her pace. She says, Oh no. No, no mom. She steps around the standalone and moves potted plants on the porch looking for a power-out key. The bot turns around. Her mom says, this is the best I can do, will you let me explain? Lynn walks around the house. She says, we're doing this. I didn't fly all this way to talk to your last year's robot. She goes from one window to the next until she finds one that she can push open. The robot follows. Her mom says, you'll trigger the alarm, Lynn says, and you'll disable it. She steps through the window and pushes a table out of the way, knocking off a lamp. 
The first floor is dark. An AR incoming call from mom lights up in her lower field of view. Lynn remembers this house least of all the houses. It may or may not have been a place where her dad had an affair. Murky memories of obscured information leave her with little to make sense of as an adult. But the dark rooms and hallways feel charged. She calls out, Mom. Something upstairs thumps on the floor. Lynn heads for the stairs. When she looks up, a young woman who looks exactly like her mom used to look runs to the top step, spots Lynn, and freezes. Lynn screams. The woman waves both palms as her mother's voice calls down to her, sweetie, no. In the co-op called the nursery in Nevada Desert, Daesuk stands with Trey in front of a machine the size of a van. Around them gene editing machines chirp and lab equipment clutter tables. The machine they face, the gene splicer, plays a central role. Bobby, with large dark eyes wearing a painter's smock, works at a nearby table slicing apart succulents. Trey says, you need to update the software. You need to update the software on most of your equipment. Daesuk says, is that the problem? Trey says, it's the root of most of your problems. I've only been here a day and I can tell you, even your golf carts and toilets need updates. Daesuk scratches the back of his head and says, you know what Medusa is. We're exclusively Medusa connected. I think that's why our equipment hasn't updated, Trey says, and you've been getting a lot of out-of-warranty emails too. Daesuk nods and says, yes. Trey says, you can go in one of two directions, but I think you're already going in one. Smiling, Daesuk says, what do you mean? Trey says, you can get all your devices on legitimate connect services, update all your software, and pay for those updates. Or you can hire a patcher, Daesuk says, a patcher, as if he's never heard the term before. Trey says, do you need to update all these, this equipment here? Yeah, you want to make it updated so it can't be attacked with the latest viruses. But do you need it online? If you had this running on its own little computer that made it think it's online, all isolated from the rest of the internet, you might not be able to check it on your glasses. But you don't have to update it either. And your car's autonomous driving hasn't improved for the last 10 years. You live out here in the desert. Do the rules of the road change much out here? If you make it so that your cars can't communicate with other cars, you won't need an update. If your electric toothbrush won't work because it needs an update, it's just nudging you to pay the subscription. The updates aren't making it any better. Daesuk is nodding. He says, it's probably not wise to put an ad out for a patcher. Would you happen to know of a patcher looking for work? Trey glances at Bobby who looks up at him and faintly smiles. Trey says, you'd need a patcher year-around. As a co-op, how does that work? Do you get paid individually? What are the living accommodations like? Daesuk nods and grins. A tall, mid-toned femme walks into the lab, walks up to Trudy, and talks with her. Trudy turns and points at Daesuk. The femme approaches Daesuk, throwing her hand out. She says, are you Daesuk? My name is Kalo. You posted an ad asking for a gene editing consultant. Daesuk looks back and forth at Trey and Kalo feeling overwhelmed. Later in his office, Daesuk and Kalo sit. She says, the fungi foods industries probably haven't sued you because they think you sell an inferior product. Daesuk says, we aren't selling a finished product. We're selling a kit that people can use to make fungi meat at home. The average home fermenter can't make multi-layer meat. He notices the shine on her upper lip. How she responds a split second faster than feels natural, 
and her darting eyes, she says, I get it, I'm saying your customers want so much more, believe it or not, I couldn't get a job for a while, and I remember what I wished for, your customers don't want a Sam's meat bootleg, they want variety, I'll work with you, but I want creative control. Her emphasis on the word control makes Daisu cautious. He says, we aren't a company. If you want to create here, no one is stopping you as long as you aren't abusing animals or making poisons or anything that causes pain for sentient beings. There are no directors here. She laughs loudly and longer than most and says, I wouldn't want to direct even if you begged me to. We're on the same page, believe me. I faked a psychotic break to escape directatorship. She tilts her head, smiles, and says, I just want to create. He struggles with mixed feelings and is reluctant to take her words at face value. He says, what are some of your ideas? She says, let's think about what your customer is like. They're unemployed or recently unemployed. They want to make their own food. They aren't in a kitchen wanting a steak. They carry all they own. They want a one-step process. But they also want something good, something they can indulge in. People can't live off the wild plants growing in their area but they used your fungi meat to render undigestible plant matter into nourishing food. See, I did my research. I love doing research. Your fungi meat only provides protein. Your customers learned they could get a more balanced meal if they ate the ground plants, when the fungi were only halfway finished consuming them. But they had to always add water. Your fungi need lots of water. I suggest we provide fungus that doesn't need water. Our fungi would work best with wild plants. Forget about imitating foods. We want to invent a new food category. Think about bread. Does bread ever try to imitate fruit or meat? Our new food category will provide all dietary needs. Real animal proteins, nutrients, and vitamins. Our customers can gather wild plants, grind them up, put them in a jar, add the fungi strain, and the next day they have a product that feels like bread. We don't have just one kind. One of our fungi could be like cheesy bread. One could be like cake. Hell, one could have caffeine as well as all the daily vitamins, calories, and proteins. One could be soft and another, crispier. Daesuk may have been frowning and not always making eye contact before, but now his eyes lock with hers, he smiles, and says, yes, for sure, yes. Henry leans back in a chair, feet resting on his desk. His broad shoulders bulge under his flannel shirt. The cold wind nudges the windows, outside, where wilderness was recently cleared. The foundations of small houses take shape. On a call, Henry says, amazing. The 105th new Christian work town opened and 200 new residents moved in. I feel the tide turning. They need jobs so we give them jobs and a Christian lifestyle. They get what they think they need and end up getting what they do need. Most don't know what they need. Once everyone tries Christianity, it'll catch on again. His daughter Sally opens the door to the mobile office unit, and icy air floods the space. Henry waves to her to shut the door. She pushes it shut and faces her father who holds up a finger as he says, are you sure you want to try Colorado? It's just that Colorado wants to legalize abortion. They want religious rights for secularism. Okay, I'll look for a realtor. He glances at Sally. Sally whispers, can I go to the mess hall? He nods. As she leaves, he says, look, 
I think this is a lot bigger. I think God has given us a way to win back the heart of the nation. After the call, he puts on his parka and walks down what will be a paved road. Hundreds of men level the ground and bring wheelbarrows of gravel. Those who look his way not a wave, he waves back. This is Henry's third new workers town. His first is running fine in Oklahoma, his second operates in Kansas, and this one has a nice Appalachian view in Kentucky. He repeats in his mind, this is how nations start. This is how nations start. You have to sell to those in need, that's where you find the converts. Domestic dogs are descendants of wolves. When they're left in the wild, they may revert to a more self-sufficient state. When people fear being replaced by robots, they forget that for most of people history we weren't offered jobs. Most of our ancestors depended on small group survival. When robots take all the jobs, that doesn't stop people from figuring out how to stay alive. Co-ops from all over our beautiful and often tragic country. Some co-ops provide little more than a place for peeps to grow food bathe, raise children, and manage water. Co-ops have a long history in America. If enough people want the same thing, they can make it happen together with little to no money. They say no two co-ops are alike. Slack Labs in Cleveland came together because people with some experience in tech wanted to make things to help with all their new needs. Here's their manifesto which everyone must read out loud to the others before joining. We advocate for open-source personal survival tech. We make things that people can repair themselves. First, we address water and develop products that collect it, recycle it, and purify it. Second, we invent new ways to obtain food in all environments and under all weather conditions. Third, we improve cleaning ourselves and our belongings. Fourth, we improve sheltering conditions. Fifth, we improve waste management and turning excrement into a resource. Lynn sits on the other side of a round marble table from her mom. All the shades are closed and the place smells. Lynn can't figure out what the odor is. Smelling sour? The closest thing she can compare it to is cat spray. An ornate tray of used syringes rests on the table between them with some lighters and two tarnished spoons. Sheets and blankets lay in tangled heaps on the round bed. Dust covers spots scattered about the room. Lynn wipes her eyes. She stopped crying, but the tears still flow. She says, you're younger than me. How old are you anyway? Tanner says, I'm 77. My birthday hasn't changed. Tanner wears silk pajamas with armpit stains. Her hair is a mess, but so full and so vibrant. Lynn says, does this mean you're going to live? Tanner says, I don't know. Jane lives in a house further out from the city. In this house, she's expected to do some chores but welcomes responsibility. In the early morning, she puts on a jacket, grabs a plastic jug, and goes into the backyard to her solar-powered atmospheric water harvesters. The two panels rest at angles. She places the jug under each spout, collecting half a gallon. Then she puts the jug by the door and grabs a basket and shears. Walking around, she snips off leaves and vines and places them in the basket. She returns to her room and puts the plants into a slack lab mechanical stomach. It works with fungi foods. It can be worn on the back though she leaves it in the corner. Solar-powered, it grinds plant matter, radiates the mixture, pulls moisture from the air to add to the mixture and pushes the green paste into an incubation chamber. It bakes portions fully eaten by fungi into mini-loafs. 
Sometimes she buys refresher packs of fungi culture to change the flavor. The bars taste like real food containing the same proteins and oils peeps use to grow animals to get the same sugars found in honey, the same fibers found in vegetables, and so on. She's grown to crave them. She takes a freshly baked bar out of the tray and bites into it. Sweet and savory flavors mix. A cashew, egg and butter taste with a hint of strawberry syrup. Even if she eats junk food the rest of the day, her morning bar gives her all her body needs. A cow can eat grass, but she can feed grass to a mechanical stomach and get all her dietary needs. Plus, these bars taste a lot better than grass. Having a data farming job, she may not need self-sufficient tech, but what if the future is like the recent past? Tech that can give her the food and water she needs is better security than money in the bank. Sitting in a lounge chair, she logs into work. Henry finishes looking over the pastor's sermon for this Sunday and swipes the document to close it. He pours himself a cup of coffee, puts on a coat and boots, and steps down from the office, expecting to see many bodies hard at work on the cleared field. His eyes widen when he counts five workers in sight. He walks over to the nearest man, an older chap hunched over a rake spreading gravel. Henry says, where is everyone? The chap glances up and says, I heard they called in sick. Henry gapes. If everyone catches the same disease, that could be a disaster. He strides to the tents. Shaped like mini houses, the tents stand three feet apart from each other. He lifts the door flap of the first tent he reaches and pairs in. Two men lie back in their bunks, both wear frosted glasses and type in the air. Henry says, knock knock, I heard some of the fellas aren't feeling well, both stop, lift their glasses, and look shamefaced at Henry. One guy says, yeah, I'm not feeling well today. Henry says, what do you think it is? The guy says, I don't know. The second says, the flu maybe. They watch and wait. Henry says, okay, get better. He checks on a few others and gets similar responses. He returns to his office, should he mention this to central planning? He looks over a materials order instead. The door opens and Sally runs in saying, everyone's working online. He says, what are you talking about? Sally says, at the mess hall they're talking about jobs you can get online. Henry braces himself as muscles from head to foot tense. Don't lose it in front of Sally. He feels a pressure pushing heat up into his face, and his mind shrinks to a hot ember. Kahlo prances into the splicing lab on a Friday night. In the last few weeks, she's been a huge hit, and has even turned many members on to Nuplis, the drug that makes you smarter. Her new fungi cultures sell like hotcakes. One of the cultures is even called hotcakes. And the co-op's revenue stream grows by the day Dr. Mashup plays timeless party track, and several people shimmy around as they combine plant DNA and inject it into cells Kahlo walks and spins, walks and spins, looking at what different people work on. When someone asks her if she wants to join and she smiles, shakes her head and says, not yet. She approaches Bobby teaching Trey how to remove cells from poison ivy and announces, I know you peeps have a rap as biology hackers, but you're way behind. Randomly combing species doesn't speed up evolution that much. Have you made plants you can sell? Bobby and Trey shrug. A femme across the room calls out, we give them away. Kahlo says, yes, but we could make plants people want, like watermelons with twice the water, plants whose berries have all the nutrients and caffeine you could ever want, 
plants that grow insulin aspirin, I'm just scratching the surface, those who listen to her stop what they do and lock their gazes on her, many nod, she smiles like a guru who's found her initiates. Still sitting by the table, Lin says, I insist we open some curtains, reluctantly Tanner says, goggle, open the deck door curtains, the curtains silently part, a cold, grey light lights up dust particles hanging in the air Lin says, how do you do that without a connect link, Tanner says, it's called home connect, the standalone brings them breakfast, most of it grown by fungi, once a tennis pro, Tanner always ate heartily, but now Lynn tries not to notice that Tanner eats all of her six egg omelette and four large sausages. She piles jelly on a hefty scone and eats it eagerly, all while looking slimmer than in photos of her in her 20s. No, Lynn isn't in VR right now, and no, this isn't an avatar of her mother. How can this be? If her mother aged in reverse why isn't this on the news? Lynn takes a fourth small bite of her omelette and chews beyond thoroughly, as if to answer her question, Tanner says, I was going to die, and I signed my life away to a facility that did this to me. They were sacrificing lives to find youth treatment, I realized they were ruthless before I realized I was growing younger, they'll kill me to get their treatment back, I'm sure of it. They confronted Josh, and he told them he had me cremated after the media attack, the tears on Lynn's face dry, she says, you can't live like this, Tanner says, but I don't have a connect link, I'll probably get stopped by every cop bot I run across, you need a valid ID to get connected, Lynn says, you know daddy asked George to help me out when Lance refused to divorce me, Tanner says, well, George was Benny's lawyer, Lynn says, mom, he isn't a lawyer, he's a fixer, for someone who was married to daddy, you're so naive, Tanner scoops raspberry jelly onto a second fat scone, licks her lips with one full circle motion, and says, I did kind of know that, but they let me stay out of that stuff, Lynn tries to remain patient and says, I know you don't care for George, but he can fix this for you, I know for a fact he can set you up with a new identity, new connect link, and everything, Tanner pauses mid-chew with raised brows, open eyes, and a sneaky smile, she says, really, she gasps and says, I'd become a different person, but what about facial recognition, Lynn frowns and says, have you heard of an old-fashioned thing called plastic surgery, but, mom, this condition you've got, can you give it to me? Thank you for listening. I will never run ads on this podcast. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is n20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.